Welcome to Bull Droppings. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host AJ Torres, and today we are going to discuss the debacle that was this past Sunday. Uh, painful. Give it to and, us. Today. Well, I'll just say this: I think we predicted right now. I hate putting Ben terms into this, but if you bet the under over on this game, you clearly won. And also, we predicted that this team was going to score something. And yes. the fact that this team didn't even put any points on the board, not even a field goal, was absolutely depressing. The fact that Davis Mills... If you look at his first half, I want to say it was three yards and two picks. And final line, uh, 11 of 21 attempts, 87 yards, no touchdowns, four picks. And if you go by the lead rusher, 24 yards on six carries. And the leading receiver, Brandon Cooks, not shocking. Five no. catches from seven targets for 47 yards. But if you just look at everything that happened on this game, I mean, it was just dreadful. I understand that the, there are a couple of things there. I mean, you know, a couple of forced fumbles, uh, secondary, uh, Lion Johnson had that pick. But if you just look at everything all in all, Unless you're Desmond King, Justin Reed, basically, if you're just like one or two defensive players, maybe three if you're lucky, the guy who had the most earned work was Cameron Johnston, the punter, averaging 50.2 yards on five punts, uh, long of 61, and one inside the 20. The fact that that was the most important player of the day is just frustrating. That was painful. If you did not turn on the TV, I understand. The fact that Mitchell Trubisky even appeared in that game to go one for one of an eight-yard uh, completion, it just shows you that all in all, this team was just disgraceful. And it was pouring like mad, but that is still no excuse. Look at all the people that ran the ball all over them. Stefan Diggs got 114 yards, which is a given. But if you just look at the total yardage, look at the scoreboard. It was just awful. It was laughable. And this is something that a lot of Texans fans are going to have to be narrow-minded about. And I will let you comment this one before you move on, and for good reason. Yes, so with that, David Culley had an interesting comment after the game, said you could put Joe Montana out there, and the way we played, you're not going to be very good, or you're not going to have any success on offense, to be exact. And, well, he has a point. Obviously, the run game averaged under three yards per attempt. That's not going to get it done. And... Already people are looking for, well, they're writing articles about other options the Texans should be looking at at quarterback. And to me, I'm just like, you know, 
this is a rebuilding year anyway. Why not just let Mills go out there, make his mistakes now, and then just see what he's got later. We don't need to bring in Cam Newton into this mess because we know he's not going to be the guy long term. So I really don't see the point of that. We were hoping to see something out of, well, a somewhat decent offensive line, I should say, but obviously that seems to go out the window with poor running game, three sacks of Mills, and just, I get it that Buffalo has a good pass rush, but that was just still unacceptable. Even in the pouring rain, I still think that there could have been just something. I think if David, uh, I think if Mills uh, just got over the hard yard mark, I think it would be better. But Buffalo in the rain, a superior defense in comparison. And the offense couldn't let the defense just catch a break. There's a reason why Desmond King led the team in tackles. It's because, guess what? They were tired out of breath, and their offense, total yardage was just poor. That's what most teams do in one half. Yes. But back to King for a second. We've talked about other players that could be used as trade bait at the deadline. Talked about Tunzel being one of them. You think King could be a candidate to be shipped out in the next few weeks? Yes, my only thing is this, and if you've noticed the trend, right, because if you look at what C.J. Henderson was traded for, it was a swap of third and fifth round picks, a tight end, not bad, but not a guy that you think of, oh, he's a good tight end. I mean, he's been around the, you know, he's been uh, around the pool a little bit. Yeah, Dan Arnold had a pretty good game in week three for the Carolina Panthers. Agreed. So, yeah, we know his name, unfortunately. But, yeah, the guy's a young guy, hadn't really established himself. Maybe he'll be all that someday, but not today. I just wonder, we'll get to the Jags in a minute because we got other news on the Jags to talk about, but maybe Henderson just wasn't a scheme fit with new regime and all that so he got shipped out which i understand because i mean guess what dan quinn who basically just got there he's only had a cup of coffee in dallas so far he said that jalen smith a guy who they you know gave a good contract to said hey man you're out and now he signed with the packers and the packer fans are loving it because they're like hey we finally got somebody in the linebacker position that we've wanted for a little while now. But going forward with that, I understand about the schemes. It's a matter of the price. Because if you look at what C.J. Henderson, which was a first-round draft pick, and what they got for him about a year later. It's true. Not crazy. Shaq Lawson was valuable. Got pennies on the dollar for him. And if also, if you look at Stefan Gilmore, that's only being traded for a six-round pick for the following year. We know how talented he is when he's healthy, even at that his age. That is correct, but the problem is when he's healthy, and he's also 32 years old. I understand that, but I'm just saying, he, at that age, right, 
just remember, there's cornerbacks and a lot of defensive backs in general that are hitting 30 and are still getting, I mean, you see some of these guys, they're getting like these four, five, six-year contracts. Now, obviously, that's on the GM, and it's a poor decision to be made, and there's a reason why there's so much room with cap room, and it seems like it could just be a race like it's on a whiteboard. But the concept and the principle is this. There are talented players being bought for pennies on the dollar, and it's affecting everybody's market, which might include the Sean's, which is why I was getting to. Because, hey, first-round draft pick a year later, how about we swap a third and a fifth, and uh, we just swap these position players? Uh, First-round pick corner for a okay tight end and swap picks. What are you doing? You could find other tight ends about there. You know what I mean? There's a reason why tight ends, unless you were Kyle Pitts, there's a reason why you're drafted so late in the round, no matter how talented you are. It's just the position and the duties. You know what I mean? It's yes, Unless you're I a Kelsey, you. a Waller, a Gronkowski, a Tony Gonzalez, unless you're one of those rare breeds, right, you are not a high priority. So when you take a first-round corner to average tight end, you basically got pennies on the dollar of what that was worth. You have all these deals going on for below market value, and then here's the Houston Texans going to the Dolphins being like, uh, yeah, hello, how about those uh, three first-round picks? Uh, And by the way, if he gets screwed, good luck with that. So Yeah, quarterbacks are the one exception, though, with – other positions, I can see why they don't necessarily get full market value, but quarterbacks are always a highly valued commodity. So I don't think the Texans would ever be completely undersold on a trade involving Watson. But they may not get all they want, but I think they're still going to get three firsts and a little extra in return. May not be all that they have been asking for, but I still think you'll look back and say, okay, this was adequate. Well, I my thought is this, right? And it's the prenup part, where it's like, hey, if he's convicted, you know what I mean? We basically want to rebate. Yes. I have no idea how that would work. But essentially, right, if there's a potential that let's just say that he gets traded tomorrow. And chances are he can't start in this week because otherwise he's going to be up all night, every night, trying to learn the playbook and the schemes. So you're telling me from week six until the end of the season, then there's no way, you know, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But you never know. But you're telling me you only got X amount of games. You know, they say, hey, uh, we're going to go by this contract because he only gets X amount of snaps a game. How many actual games are you going to have Deshaun if he can't play next year? That's the risk I'm referring to. So that is why his market is dried up, and that is why the Dolphins are not biting. And, yes, Dolphins fans, not only are you kicking screaming because two is hurt, but it's also the fact that Justin Herbert, I mean, if you really think about it, if we were to do a redraft, I would have Justin Herbert going to Washington football team. And better yeah. yet, if he was passed on, the Dolphins are kicking, screaming because they were a pick apart. Right. Ouch. 
Listen, my podcast is called Duh, The Pain. And let me tell you something. That is starting to raise in stock of the pain level day by day. Yes, indeed. But going back to last week for just one minute here, the mm. rest of the receiving core outside of Cooks made no impact whatsoever. That's still a problem. Who else are we going to be throwing to other than Cooks? I don't know. Things look decent early on with Tyrod there, and I I don't know what to make of it because, I mean, I didn't picture Tyrod being much more than a journeyman, didn't have high expectations. Like, is he actually good? Is Davis Mills just that bad? Is the team just that bad? I think maybe just the opponent was that good because you look at how Mills did against Carolina. He wasn't a world beater, but he didn't utterly embarrass himself either. It's just I it comes kind of crazy the week time. to week of the NFL. It kind of goes I'll say this. If we talk about receivers, last game, Anthony Miller had five targets to him. How many were actual targets? I mean, we'd have to really go back to the tape. But he had one catch for three yards out of five targets. Right. So the ball was being thrown to his direction in some way. So I, I know this. When you are behind center, there are some guys that are going to have some chemistry issues, and some of them are going to have to have more trust than others. Obviously, Brandon Cooks is the go-to guy. Who's the second one, and what is the play call to what target? I do not know. That's part of this uh, new regime that we're still trying to figure out. The jury is still out. And we knew that there was a bunch of guys, what seems like from the parking lot, coming to this team. Conley, Miller, Farrell Brown. We had no idea if David Johnson had anything in the tank. Obviously, he does. It's going to be a concern moving forward, and we'll explain that when we get to the next game. Uh, before we get to week five, did you want to talk about a division rival? Yes, I did. A lot has been said about the Urban Meyer situation with the Jaguars, and I was never a fan of the hire in the first place because the guy's never been in the NFL. Yeah, he had a lot of success in college, but doesn't always translate over. And ever since he took over that team, there's been just weird stuff happening. Even by yes. Jacksonville standards, like you had the Chris Doyle strength coach from the University of Iowa who's there for a day, and then he resigned. And then allegedly Urban Meyer talked about Trevor Lawrence's bachelor party in Vegas was like, be careful, stuff happens. And then you have this whole video of him being grinded on by a waitress. I'm just like, the irony. So if we were to say everything, now mind you, there's a bunch of things that went on. I'm not going to go by just Urban Meyer. I'm going to go by underneath his tenure. And this goes on the Jacksonville organization as well. Now, listen, in college football, if you go to Alabama and it's underneath Nick Saban, he could easily say my way or the highway because it's definitely been working. Yes. That's just kind of how college football works. And, yes, we are thinking that there's a chance that he could be fired and he could be the Trojan coach after this if, if he decided to go for it. 
But this has been everything going on underneath his tenure. There is the Chris Doyle incident. Now, this was accused of making racial comments and belittling players during his time at Iowa. After backlash, he resigned. Then there's signing Tim Tebow as tight end because apparently it's basically Urban Meyer's non-adopted son. Who cares about that? I didn't really give much thought to it. I just thought he got rid of him. So it's like it was pure and honest thing, just bringing in a body for camp. I don't really care. The whole thing about hyping up the competition between Minshew and Lawrence was dumb. Nobody fell for it. And so they sent away Minshew for like half a bag of Doritos. So all in all, I got a lot more going on. So there's the Tim Tebow debacle. There's drafting a run back in the first round when James Robinson rushed for over a thousand yards last year. But in today's op- NFL, you need two backs. Like having a split backfield's not a problem. And if you know, ETN was a guy that Lawrence was comfortable with in college, I can justify that pick. I don't really have a problem with it. I just think there are other needs on the team besides running back. That's just where I would go. When it comes to high priority, I just didn't think running back was on the list. Personally. He openly I can admitted, get that argument. Yep. He openly but... admitted that he wanted Kadarius Tony instead of Travis Etienne. Now I will not go into Travis Etienne. I mean, obviously injuries happen, bad luck, and Got a guy, football fan, a football fan. I hope he recovers and performs well. Yes. And there's more to it that goes on. Let's see. Telling reporters that players were cut due to vaccine status. There's an open investigation about that that has not closed. The open competition was fugazi, especially since, you know, you're treating both guys with first team reps. I think that could have just been more development time and knowing more of the play you know the playbook and getting used to receivers with trevor lawrence i think that was a bad play i think they're just yes. trying to get more value from gardner Minshew. but we already knew the value in my opinion we thought that he should have been drafted around draft time where it's just like hey you see who's drafted and there could have been a chance where hey instead of that third round pick spent on mills gardner Minshew could have came here and i would have been okay with that me too i've always thought Minshew had a good amount of talent now philadelphia seems like hertz is their guy because he's putting up numbers there so who knows still could be a chance that Minshew could end up in houston or elsewhere like that i agree i know what i said about Mills earlier on this show and you know how it's not really worth bringing in Newton or someone like that. Now Minshew, I might make an exception for because he's a young guy. He's shown he can be a playmaker. Do I want him necessarily getting battered behind this offensive line? Not really. I don't think anyone should be battered behind this offensive line that can do better, but at the same time, it would be a quarterback that's young and has potential behind here. Correct. So, going forward, still got more to go. Uh, C.J. Henderson was drafted number nine overall. Trade away for basically a bag of footballs. So, the fact that the owner now says that Meyer has to regain the trust and respect, 
because here's the thing, regardless of what happened at the incident, his daughter spoke out and said, we're all human and I'm not worried about anything. It kind of goes like this. And this is a chemistry issue that I have had. Listen, it doesn't matter if there's any video that comes out, but just remember, you got to be a professional where you go. But this is what I would do if I'm Urban Meyer. It doesn't matter what your relations are in the area. You got to travel back with the team. It's just essentially it's your job. It's like, hey, man, you fly with them there. You got to go back with them on the plane. If you want yeah. to go back to Ohio, it's like, listen, man, stay at a hotel at the airport somewhere in Florida, take another plane, do whatever you got to do. But guess what? Travel back with the team. It's just a chemistry thing. And I don't remember any other instances unless it was a very difficult personal matter. But it's about chemistry and it's about respect. And that's just something that you had to do. It's like, hey, man. You had never had control over the locker room yet. You've only been here for four games. And you decide to not travel with the team back to Florida. It's a bad look. Now, I'm only criticizing what I see. I'm not going to bash character. I'm not saying he's going to be fired but for a personal incident. I will just say this. This regime from the ownership, the general manager, and uh, the head coach is once again off the freaking rails. And the fact that we thought the Jags were going to be a better organization by wins at this point in time, it seems it seems like the Texans are much more closer to being settled than the Jags right now. And I can't believe I'm saying that. The yeah, games that they should have won... Funny. Well, think about it. the games that they should have won, they lost. And the one right. game that the Texans really should have lost against, close to some people. But to me, I thought that was a Jags game all day long. But well, I sure did. I thought just a first time experience for all those Jags coaches and players. It didn't compare with what the Texans had. But more on Meyer, though, he'd been out of coaching of any kind for years, and now he suddenly gets brought up after that. And you know, he famously resigned from positions due to health issues. And I'm just thinking, the NFL's another step up even from what he was doing in college. I'm just like, I never understood why they had faith in him. Oh, why the Jags organization had faith in him, I mean. You know... Obviously, with the video, what happens, I'm not going to get on to him about that. Everybody slips up. People in the NFL are doing far worse than what Meyer did. We all know it's true. Have people been fired for that same thing or even less than? Yes. Is it fair? Not necessarily. But it's just the world we live in. Yeah. Now, he says that he never considered resigning and all that and Maybe he will get a second chance, but yeah, he's already got to be on thin ice. No My question old, about it. Well, he's, also, it kind of goes like this, depending on how old school you are, right? But it kind of, I'll, I'll just say this. 
if even if you go by another sport where there's many more games and you're bound to lose X amount, right? In the NBA, no matter how good or bad you are, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going to be the first seed, you're going to lose about 20 games. In the NFL, right. you're probably going to lose uh, three plus or more. Baseball, you're going to lose anywhere between 50 to 80 plus. Correct. There's some guys that will say, hey, guess what? After a loss, guess what? Your ass better not be at the bar. I never better not be seeing you try to flirt with women at the bar. You should go home, rest, go to bed, and start off strong again. So basically, the guy lost a game that was clearly could have been theirs. And he decided not yep. to travel with the team, and you end up at the bar. Regardless if there's never any video, the concept of that will drive a lot of people just the frustration. If you're a Jags fan and you're thinking, hey, my head coach sucked last night, choked, and then he's just decides to bail on everyone and goes to the bar. Not a good look. I think we've touched on that enough, though. And I think that we shall – we'll see what happens in the next matchup. But more importantly right. – and this is going to be nice because Gilmore is not there. You want to head into week five? Please, let's get on with this. So, yes, we'll be hosting the Patriots this week. And obviously everybody saw the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough last week. And Patriots really did hold their own. Bill Belichick showed that he is a very good coach. Still can coach him some defense. And Mac Jones... Looked good, not great. He's on an offense that really is struggling to finish drives is kind of his thing, but he's shown what, at least to some extent, what he can do. So far this year, he's 112 of 160 for 1,012 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. So he's still got a little ways to go, but clearly he can get it done. Yeah. His best weapon on the outside is Jacoby Myers with 27 catches for 246 yards. Not exactly great there now, is it? No. So, of course, we all know that Belichick is a defensive coach. He's got talent in the secondary with J.C. Jackson up front with Diedrich Wise, who makes good amount of plays. They might have Jamie Collins... Whether he would play this week, not likely, even if they bring him in. Although he'd be familiar with Matt Patricia, who's now back on the Patriots staff. So, overall, I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Davis Mills, obviously his struggles have been well-documented. Can the Texans get any running game going? Can they take care of the ball? Just so many questions right now. I don't really have much of any reason to trust that Bill Belichick will do anything less than make a rookie quarterback look absolutely foolish, which he has done on a regular basis over the years. The only way the Texans are going to win this game is if special teams generates a touchdown or... You know, defense gets turnover. The run game has to at least hold their own. Get around four yards per rush. Maybe we have a chance in this thing. 
we shall see. Although, if you've noticed, uh, this is just by NFL.com, so obviously uh, results may vary. But just they've ranked the Patriot defense fifth in the NFL and the Texans 28th. The offenses yeah. are not great. And believe it or not, they actually rate the Russian, the only category that's actually higher than the Patriots. Yeah, you didn't think you would hear that. They rank the Russian for the Texans 26 versus the Patriots at 31st. Now, mind you, I wouldn't want to rush against the Buffalo Bills. It's just clear as day. So that game obviously has a big uh, factor to it. Now, we know what happens when a rookie quarterback plays against the genius, Mr. Chick. He makes him look like an ass. Do I think this team could stop the running game? They potentially can, but... For all we know, this team that is not good at stopping the run will have uh, Damian Harris run all over him. Who knows? As far as passing, I actually think it's going to be interesting because the backfield for Houston is going to play them good. Now, this team doesn't really have weapons that make you say, I'm scared. I mean, if you think that Myers, Aguilar, and Harry are the guys, now granted you got Janu and Henry, but, you know, the tight end uses, we have no idea what's going on with Mac Jones. And there's only been three wins by rookie quarterbacks so far. Anything can happen. But so far, looking bleak. Yeah, anything could happen doesn't mean anything will happen. But you look at the passing yards allowed from these two teams. New England's giving up just over 200 passing yards a game. The Texans are giving up 276.3. And Matt Jones, I'd have significantly more confidence in at this point. So do you think Davis Mills gets over 175 yards passing in this game? 175. That's a tough one. It, it really depends. I mean, I'm just going to go the under so far. Even with Stefan Gilmore no longer in a Patriot uniform. Well, Bill he had played this year because of injury. Yeah, true. True. He's not going to get off the pup list until week six. Precisely. I just, I, I just remembered that. My apologies. I mean, either way, the Bill Belichick defenses have always been well i mean outside of a couple years where fat patricia was there but i digress you insult fat patricia a lot but he was a decent defensive coordinator let's be fair on that I'll, i'll i'll just say this i've seen so many games where hey we're the patriot way but the defense will give up 20 to 30 points and that's not the patriot way they've always been uh good defensively and i thought without chick uh i'm sorry without uh patricia i thought the defenses were much better personally but moving on from there i really just think that davis mills i think this is probably going to be the toughest one yet because if there is anything i can say because this is going to be at nrg stadium yes the weather is not going to be a factor here unless it randomly starts raining in Texas. And even then, it's a dome, right? It's a retractable roof. Okay, retractable roof, whatever. 
So you get your home turf. It's going to be decent. It's not going to be raining like mad. I think naturally this is going to be the biggest challenge yet for Mills. And Bill Belichick, I mean, there's not a lot of film for him to go off of. But he's just been doing this for so long. I think he's going to have him figured out. I think the way this is going to go for both teams, I think the running game is going to be the X factor for both of them. And I predict this to be a low-scoring game. Um, I'm just going to say, how about I go 21 to 13 in the favor of the Patriots? That's where I'm going with it. Again, Ricky quarterbacks, they both got things to iron out, but just on paper, this is a Patriot game and it's clear as day. I'd agree. I'll go 17 to 10. Patriots win. Well, it about wraps it up for me. Do you have any final thoughts? I will just say this. uh, In coming weeks, this is not going to be an easy schedule for them. But I think we've already passed uh, season expectations. There was never any stat. never, Never any stats for Mills to say, hey, he needs to perform to this level in order to meet expectations because we didn't expect him to play much this year and we'll see what happens when Tyrod comes back. But I think it's actually going to be an interesting game to watch this week come Sunday. And I'm going to be very patient with this pick. Now there's a lot of people that are going to say, Oh, but look at the guys you could have had. Well, instead of trying to wonder, let's deal with what you have right now. And what you have is a team who is in shambles, an offensive line that needs improvement, and you need to give this guy a chance. He's working very limited right now, and I think we're going to come a break for a little bit. And weeks later to come, then we could be critical. But as of right now, we're cruising through because these teams that he's facing, it's just been no shot. None. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. Also, remember to check us out on Twitter at Texans Talk Pod. On behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you once again for listening. We'll see you next time.